Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 85, and I spoke with Estella Nakahara Hemp, and I really enjoyed this conversation with Estella. She's a 15-year-old young woman uh, living in California. Uh, She talked about what it's like to be a teenager in uh, a pretty liberal town. Um, Her school is, is certainly very liberal. She talks about what that's like, trying to find her own sense of self and differing opinions and just living one's life as a teenager um, for her. And we talked about all sorts of things from technology to sexual harassment to general bullying, um, uh, intellect, knowledge, power, all this stuff. It was, it was really a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Um, the usual stuff, Amazon portal on heyhumanpodcast.com helps support Hey Human. So if you do your shopping on Amazon, I know I do a lot of shopping on Amazon, um, go to heyhumanpodcast.com, hit the Amazon portal, do your shopping as normal, and it helps support what I'm doing here and getting people's stories out. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, You can reach me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, Always, if you have stories or people that you know that you'd like me to know about, you know, whatever it is, I'd love to hear from you. I'm all over social media. You can find me at Hey Human Podcast on the various social medias, as well as Susan Ruthism, various social medias. Um, Please rate and review on iTunes and on your various podcast apps. And as I've been mentioning the last couple weeks, I will be in New York doing live podcasts and... Um, I also have a show at the Bitter End on the 24th of January. It's at 6.30 p.m. with some really stellar musicians, uh, Nikki Fernandez, Bryn Black, and Robinson Treacher. So if you're in New York in the area and you want to come check it out, please do. That night, I'm also going to be performing at the RAD event, um, and tickets for that are available on Eventbrite. Um, to make it easy, I put the links to the tickets at susanruth.com, which is my regular website. So you can go there and click on that link if you're interested in going to that event. There's going to be a lot of great musicians for that, <clears throat> supporting RAD, which is um, a really great cause. RAD, of course, stands for Rock Against Drunk Driving. Always have a plan. Always have a designated driver. Get home safely. Okay, so let's get to Estella. She's delightful. 15 going on 40, as all teenagers are, uh, a wise young woman, a, a philosopher. Um, yeah, very cool. I think the future is in good hands. So let's get to it. Thanks, everybody. Hi, Estella Hemp. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for being on Hey Human Podcast. Of course. I'm happy to be here. You're my first teenager. It's very exciting. <laughs> Well, I'm honored. That is very exciting. So uh, we were connected from uh, a mutual friend, April. Uh, she reached uh-huh. out to me and said that you would be a good person to talk to. And so here we uh-huh. are. 
Yeah, that's awesome. She told me, she's like, I have a friend in Nashville who would love to talk to you about some things. And I was like, give her my information. I'd love to talk to her too. Yeah, it's great. So I appreciate uh, your time. And uh, let's get right into it. Uh, How about a little bit of your background, who you are, where you live, and a little bit of your story? Um, Well, I'm 15 years old. I live in Berkeley, California, and I also live in San Francisco part-time with my dad. And, um, well, I've grown up in mostly Berkeley my whole life, but mainly just the Bay Area. And uh, I go to Berkeley High School. I am a sophomore. And um, within my high school, there are small schools that specialize in certain things. And the small school that I'm in is called Communication Arts and Sciences, which is where we specialize in social justice and psychology and all that stuff, which I find extremely interesting. So that's wow, why I've that's really talks. cool that they have that in school at such a you know a start of the of the education career. That's great. Yeah, it's really interesting. Our teachers are all specially trained to be super um, invested into our learning. It's kind of built like a private school or just um, within a larger public school, which I really appreciate because I get really close to my peers and my teachers, and I really feel like everyone is there to help educate you instead of just a regular high school environment. Is social justice something that's very important to you and your peers? Are you seeing that people in your generation are getting excited about that sort of thing? Yes, definitely now at this age more than a few years ago and also just because of the certain time period that we're in right now. I think that people are very invested into social justice and politics and honestly a lot of stuff that has to do with world problems because I think that I'm becoming at a certain age where kids are kind of realizing like there are issues and it's time to talk about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. What concerns you? What's one of your big uh, topics? Um, obviously, like, the normal stuff like healthcare, women's rights, um, human rights in general, uh, education, especially because of the fact that I'm going to be going to college in two years, and that really worries me with the environment that's happening right now, and, um, all that stuff. We're learning right now about, like, communism and capitalism and socialism, which is super interesting for me because I've never really, like, actually learned exactly what each and every one of those are. So that's what I'm looking at right now. There's a lot of people, actually, but they certainly like to talk about it, even when they don't know what it is exactly. People tend to do that, yeah. How does that feel for you as as a teenager to see the talking heads, for example, on the news or even people on social media in these huge debates over topics that affect you even more than it affects them because you're the next generation coming up. I mean, what we yeah. say about things like uh, climate change or uh, health care or taxation or any of these topics, granted it's a lot of people in the upper, you know, upper areas of their lives that are talking about it, and here you are just starting your life. Yeah, exactly. Um... A lot of adults are kind of more focusing on um, that, like fighting with each other about issues that they disagree on rather than trying to like fix things in general or even trying to educate the people who can fix it. And I think that's also a major issue in society yeah. right now. Yeah, I agree. And I assume a lot of your peers feel the same way. 
Yeah, I've noticed that um, one of the main things about um, one of the main things about like spreading awareness or spreading just like people understanding things is it really just comes down to education and like non-biased education which can be very hard especially in a very liberal community that I live in like Berkeley California like very very liberal and so um people are like getting information and they're all thinking one thing which is um which they think is like super right idea and um a lot of it is like very beneficial towards our um our environment because like everyone is pretty accepting of each other and everyone is um very loving of each other and there are still like things wrong with it if that makes sense like um I don't really know where I'm going with this but there's I'm just trying to say like a lot of the time people are focusing more on um fighting with each other about things rather than just like trying to you know like well, fix it's it a, it's a good thing you bring up there um if you are attending a school that has a more liberal bent how are you learning about the other side of the argument because i think it's incredibly personally i think it's important to know all sides of the argument regardless of whether you believe it because i don't think any person is 100 percent of anything you know like liberal democrat republican conservative libertarian whatever that that grossly oversimplifies the human experience. Exactly. So I how think do you that, get that uh, other viewpoint at a liberal school? Yeah, definitely. That's one of the main issues, in my opinion, at living in Berkeley and growing up in, in, like, in a place like that. Because um, what happens is, in my viewpoint of it, like, you know how people say, like, there's a spectrum. There's, like, liberal and then there's conservative. There's, like, Democratic, Republican, like, like you said. Um, something that happens a lot is people feel as though they have to be placed on the spectrum in one certain spot. And so then um, it just becomes a situation where it's very extremist and everyone's like, like they have to choose a side. And then once they choose a side, they're like, okay, I'm here to stay. And then they like have to fight the other side, if that makes sense. Yeah, they don't leave room for growth, in other words. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, something else that is a very big issue is – is uh, ignorance within, like, ideology of, like, political stuff and, like, all that because um, people, like, growing up in Berkeley and because everyone's pretty liberal, like, I myself am pretty liberal, but something that um, people are missing, I guess, is they they shut out the other side before they even listen to it just because they've been, like, as they've been growing up, they've been taught, like, you need to not believe this, not believe that, because it's, like, offensive, it's wrong, it's not correct. And so I think that there's a lot of kids at my school who will literally not listen to anyone who has any other viewpoint than what everyone around them has. Yeah, that's a, that's a real shame, I think, and that's not what learning is about. Critical thinking requires both sides of the argument and the one in the middle that is more gray so how do you get that for yourself where do you seek out that knowledge that is not just what is being presented to you by your school yeah um well as i said because of the fact that i'm part of a smaller learning community that focuses on this type of thing one of our 
main um, ideas is to try and be open-minded, and we're constantly reminded that um, how hard that is because every single day we like try and hear other sides of things. Like our teacher shows us like Fox News as well as CNN, and our teacher like. Um, we sometimes listen to, like, Donald Trump's speeches, and we sometimes listen to, like, um, Mitch McConnell and stuff like that just because, like, we need to be educated of, like, the other side that we've never really been given, like, in Berkeley mm-hmm. until now. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good on your teachers. I like to yeah. hear stuff like that. I get very concerned when I, you know, that's it's important for the brain to not be coddled as far as I'm concerned. Definitely. And also um, something else is that when something that I've seen a lot of is people, they have their own ideas and then they're very stuck on them. And then they tend to say that the people who think the opposite is them are ignorant. Whereas they themselves aren't willing to hear out the people who they are calling ignorant. Yeah. And it's just very like, happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It happens a lot, unfortunately. So you, another thing that April had mentioned to me that is an important topic for you is harassment. What, where do you come from uh, with that, especially being, you know, a young female coming up in the yeah. world? Um, where does that, what, what about that is something that's important to you? Um, at my high school, we have this club, and I go to it every Wednesday, and it's called Berkeley High Style Harassing, and it's, um, it's a club where we mainly focus on kind of just educating people of our school about, like, real issue problems that do have to do with, um, heavy harassment and certain things like that, and so, um, we do, like, slideshows in classrooms, we do, um, we do, uh, like, not really performances, but I guess just, like, things where people come and we talk to them about things, and it's just, it's really good because um, there are a lot of issues that go on in a high school environment, as, like, you would probably guess, and um, kids are getting sexually harassed, kids are getting racially harassed, uh, I guess religiously harassed, I don't know if that's the correct term, but, yeah, and even in a place where uh, people are, like, even a place like Berkeley where everyone's like, oh, we're all super happy, friendly, like, there are still issues, and especially below the surface. Like, last year we had a certain incident with um, a few, actually, no, it was this year. We had a few, um, a few boys, they made an Instagram account, and it had, um, do you know what a meme is? Yes. I'm yeah. not all. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just wanted to make sure. But they had that a bunch was adorable, of adorable though. <laughs> they had a bunch of um racist memes on their account and um people were really upset about it and so it became this thing with ad with administration and you mean racist um, memes? Yeah, racist memes. Were they white kids? Yes, okay. they're white boys, okay. majority. Yeah, and um, it was a very big deal, and so BHO stopped harassing. We took it upon ourselves to try and kind of, like, work with our another club called um, Black, like, no, called Black Student Union, and so BSU, and we kind of tried to 
talk to um, student body a little bit about it more because everyone knew about it, but it was kind of just like, what happened? Like, no one really knows. All these boys got suspended. And um, I'm curious now, how many followers like, did that meme uh, account get before it was picked up on by the administration? Yeah, it was a private account. Um, mainly the kids, the class above me, um, followed it. it. I think it had, like, around 60 or something. That wasn't pretty big because I think the boys knew that if they made it, like, a big deal, they would definitely get in trouble. Did anyone ask the boys why they did it? Um, I think that people asked them why they did it after they got in trouble. Something that I that I witnessed was um, these their, their friends because... This was a group of boys who I would say are considered, like, the popular kids, if that makes sense. It does. And, yeah, and so um, there was kind of this, like, friend group within the juniors of the grade above me, and they were all friends, and um, there was a bunch of girls and there was a bunch of boys, and so the boys kind of, they were the ones who made the account, and they thought it was just a joke, and then the girls, they didn't really say anything for a few months, but then they finally came out with it. They, like, went to admin, and then everyone was like, why didn't you say anything before? And then they were just like, they were our friends. Like, we had no idea how to stand up to them, oh, you know? That's interesting. That, that brings up a whole other topic. Yeah. yeah. Standing up against your friends is way harder than standing up against someone who you don't like or, like... It's an incredibly important point, if it, and it, it definitely is something to... I think is it requires a lot of self-searching that if you look the other yeah. way because somebody you know and love is behaving in a particular manner, to me, that's you're just aiding and abetting that behavior and, and yeah. barely one step different from the behavior itself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like being a bystander is definitely an issue so when it you, comes to Do you us. personally know the kids that started it? Yeah, without, one of the kids. without giving away their names, I'm curious. Did did those yeah. kids, um, mm-hmm. were they? Did they have diverse friendships? Did they just think it was funny for sheer lack of judgment? Are these kids that are raised up in an environment where perhaps their parents believe the same thing that they that they were propagating, or? Yeah, I think that it was honestly like just a very like like lack of judgment on the boys part is one of them had French class with last year when he was a sophomore and I was a freshman and he was pretty nice to me a little bit like he would say some kind of messed up things sometimes but for the most part he was a pretty like stand-up guy and um so when I found out that he was one of the main people part of this I was like oh wow like that's kind of surprising and he had friends who I'd say like were diverse but at the same time, they would kind of make jokes about their own race or about, like, um, people within other races because it was more socially acceptable for them to because it wasn't really offensive because it was kind of, like, their own identity. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that because of the fact they were friends with them, they were like, oh, it wouldn't really be that much of an issue. Or I think they just thought that it was a joke and it, like, would be funny. I think they made the account private because it was a way that they could kind of let out their, like, offensive jokes and um, they wouldn't really get backlash from it because it was just their friends. But then um, they actually did end up getting back with them because their friends were, um, they came out with it. I am so. so curious to know why they were the compulsion to to make offensive jokes. 
I'm, I'm always curious about that, how people, the energy it takes to make a meme, as I've made them before, because I'm not that old, I'll, re- I'll reiterate that, um, the, the time it takes to make a meme and to say something hateful or hurtful, in that time period that it takes, you could be doing something really positive and lovely in the world. You could walk yeah. an old person across the street or you could, you know, donate a book or, you know, there's like, there's so much stuff that you can do that is light and wonderful in the world. I'm just curious, yeah. especially since you said the kid that, that spearheaded it is, uh, was quote unquote, you know, a pretty normal kid. That's why I was wondering if anybody asked the child and said, Hey, or the teenager, I guess, uh, Hey, why did you do this? Yeah, I think that the main reason why they did it, I mean, this is honestly my personal opinion on the situation because I never really talked to them, like, personally and um, about it because it was a really, like, touchy subject for a while for the whole entire school. And um, they had a lot of, like, community meetings with, like, BSU and with admin and stuff about it. And um, they didn't make the memes themselves. They reposted them off of other people and so like off of other like meme accounts and stuff and um I think that a lot of the reason why they thought that it was a good idea at least for themselves or in the moment was because they in Berkeley when you're growing up there's so much like pressure to be super super respectful which I which can be a very good thing but when you get to a certain age and you see people not in Berkeley I guess not really treating that the way that you've been taught to I guess you kind of get a little bit confused and you're like oh so maybe it is okay like maybe I can do this like on the deal like like on the like I can do this and it can um I won't get in trouble for it and so they probably like thought like okay now I think it's fine like it's not really that big of a deal like people can't get that offended they're just a joke and I think they kind of like put aside the uh, like all the stuff that they've been taught because they're like oh it's not that big of a deal like this person in like somewhere else is able to do it I should be able to do it too mm-hmm. well it is and an so- interesting con- concept of the fact that all all young people rebel against their elders and perhaps it, it yeah. comes down to something as simple as a form an act of rebellion unfortunately at the expense of others but it's not an uncommon behavior yeah definitely so going yeah. back to uh, let's say sexual harassment and you said that you that there is a lot of that in schools have you yourself experienced that personally harassment sexual harassment yes yeah um i mean of course i have like to a certain extent because i am a girl and i am like in an environment with a lot of people who um are also teenagers who like kind of think a lot of things are jokes as like what we just were talking about and so of course like while you're walking down the hall like some someone might say something or like you might hear other people like sexually harassing other people and stuff like that and there are um a few cases of, like, extreme, like, um, assault or harass or stuff like that, and, um, me personally, I've been lucky enough to never experience something, like, very serious, but it hasn't, like, that's not the case for a lot of my friends, it's not the case for a lot of, like, my sister's friends, you know, it's, like, or even just my peers in general, like, even for somewhere, like, 
where we try and keep our kids super like manicured in a way where like they're super like informed about stuff like that like things still happen mm-hmm. do you feel so, you and your peers are confident about telling when something happens or do you keep it to yourselves mostly something that happens a lot is um people like a few t- okay so say if someone were to get like raped at a party or something like something super terrible were to happen to them um they would they'd probably like come home and they'd be like and all that stuff and then it, they'd come to school in like a few days or a few weeks or stuff and then they're like they see this kid at school like the person who did that to them and they're like oh my god like am I supposed to go and talk to someone about this? And a lot of the time what happens is they go to, is like, like mainly girls, they go to admin and they're like, Hey, um, they're like, Hey, this happened to me. I, um, they're like, Hey, this happened. I need help. I need to get this person like away from me. Like, can you get this person expelled? Can we like talk about this? Can I like figure this out? And then admin's like, there's no way of us knowing that this actually happened. There's like, we can't really do much about it because um, there, of course, is the possibility that the parents of the kid can sue the school, or there's the possibility that, like, um, people could say that the girl's lying. That happens a lot. So, yeah, that is another very big issue is when things do happen, not much can be done about it because it's really hard to regulate, like, if something did happen so for sure. So the girls don't go immediately to to the hospital or to the police? Um, I think that it's, like, I can't really imagine what it's like, but for some of my, like, friends who have told survival stories, like, they say that you're so terrified, like, in the moment or, like, in the time frame of it happening that they're really, like, there really is not very much that you can do because you know for a fact that if you were to go to the hospital and you were to get, like, a rape kit, or if you were to go to the hospital and you were to say, like, this happened, you go to the police, then they'd have to investigate and you'd have to, like, you'd have to be in this, like, if you were to go to, like, court or whatever, you'd have to be in the same room with this person. Like, you'd have to deal with this issue. You'd have to keep on reliving it for months and months and months if you wanted anything to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes some people are, like, I'd rather just let it be and just try and like make it work for myself which do they not worry that then like the kid who did it will do it to other women other girls yeah that's a really big issue definitely I don't really know because it hasn't happened to me personally but I think that a lot of the time like they're just so scared that they have no idea what to do you know? So I'm curious, is there any guys, without naming names, is there any guys in your school that it's known that they are, that their behavior is unacceptable and that they have crossed the line and or raped? Yeah, definitely. There is, um, two years ago, last year, something around that, there was this group chat between, um, two grades above mine, so the class of 2018, there was, um, there was a group of boys, and they named the group chat Team 1-8, which is a tradition at Berkeley High for there to be a team every three years, I'm pretty sure. And um, they're, it's kind of just like they all hang out. Like, they're all friends. Like, there's Team 1-5, there's Team 1-2, there's Team 1-8, there's going to be a Team 2-1. And um, 
and these guys, they had this group chat, they were all talking, and then all of a sudden, one person texts into the group chat, they're like, and there's this girl, her name is Donnie, and she's one of my really good friends, she's um, a senior now, and some boy texted into the group chat, let's rape Donnie, and I was just, and like, then everyone was like, oh yeah, let's do it, like, let's do it, yeah, like, um, but then some of them were like, whoa, like, what are you saying, and it became this whole thing, and, um, it was, like, a huge explosion, there was a lot of police involved, a lot of, like, um, talking to administration, and I think that some of the boys ended up getting suspended, but, um, because one of the girls who were also mentioned in the group chat, there was a few of them that were mentioned, that was the whole thing, but specifically the one where they said, let's rape this girl, that was the, um, that was the main thing, and so, um, another girl who was also, like, friends with the boys, because they were all friends, like, they were all friends with each other, it wasn't, like, a segregated, like, group and group thing, it was, like, they were all friends, they'd all party, they'd all hang out together, stuff like that. Yeah, rape very, very often happens by someone you know, so. Exactly, yeah, and so, um, they, then this girl who was part of the girls' friend group, um, she was hanging out with one of the guys, and she knew that this, like, group chat existed because everyone knows about the whole team thing, and she was, like, look, she, like, was on his phone, and she was looking through it, and she saw that, and she was, like, oh, my God, and so she screenshotted the, sna- the text, and then she sent them to herself, and then she told the girls, and then they went to administration about it because, like, she was super scared. She was, like, like, um, my friend was really scared. She was, like, oh, my God, these, like, people who I'm friends with are, like, um, are, like, trying to hurt me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and did, yeah. And so the, the guys that were perpetrated or intended to perpetrate, they were suspended. Yes. Yes, I'm pretty sure that some of them were suspended. I think that, I think only two of them were suspended. And it was out of a really big group. I think it was out of, like, eight people who mentioned something negative. And other guys within the group stood up and said, this is not okay, and yet they did not go to administration with it? No, they didn't. Um, a few of them were like, that's messed up, like, yo, don't say that, like, that's bad, don't say that. But they never really did anything about it until this girl, right. like, with it. How do you feel about the Me Too so, movement? Yeah, that was the Me Too movement. Um, I think that it's, I don't, like, I think that people get the misconception that they think that, like, by people posting hashtag Me Too, it's going to be, like, changing things, like, super, super big change, and I think that it's solely just to, like, spread awareness of how common, like, um, sexual harassment and sexual assault is, and I think that, like, a lot of people who say that, like, this is, um, not good, it's not benefiting anyone, it's just, like, like, it's just mindless tweeting or, like, Instagramming something that's not really gonna do anything, like, I think that it's, it's actually way more than that, because it's, people always say, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, it's, like, it doesn't really happen that much, like, and then this is a chance for people to be able to come out and not entirely specifically say exactly what happened to them, but be able to say, like, this has happened to me, this does happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's good. Of your friend, of your girlfriends, and even some of your guy friends, because I know that it's also a concern among uh, young men, and how many have, yeah. that you know have been assaulted in some way or another? 
What would you say percentage wise? Because I remember when I was in high school, the percentage was pretty, pretty high. Yeah. Um, we had a survey last year that surveyed our whole entire student body that was like, like be honest and say like, have you ever been like sexually assaulted in school and stuff like that? I don't exactly remember the actual data. I could probably send you a link or something of the actual data, but, um, I remember that the numbers were pretty high of people who had and um like way higher than they should be like at all the numbers like it was it was very upsetting and um i would say it's not really like assault is is a little bit more rare than harassment definitely but um i would say within every friend group at least like one person has been like and a victim of like assault. So what are some of the or, harassing things that have been said to you? What are what? What are some of the harassing things that have been said to you? Again, without naming names, just things that have been said to you. Just like people calling you like a bitch, it's like and stuff like that, saying like you're a hoe or you're a slut or you um like you fuck around, Ooh. just a bunch of stuff like that, and um. It's a lot of things when it comes down to, like, social media, definitely, because people don't necessarily ever say it to your face, and it's either, like, to another friend of theirs, or it's over the internet, or over texting, mm-hmm. and then you, you know? Do you feel that women can be just as hostile as men in this regard, that the harassment comes from from females as well as males? Oh, wow, that's a really good question. Um, I think that... I think that a lot of the time, like, do you think, I mean, okay, I think that girls can definitely sexually harass guys, like, they can definitely objectify them, they can definitely be super just offensively mean about, like, a guy's sexuality when it comes to, like, they call him, like, a fuckboy, or they say, like, you're a player, stuff like that, and, um, so yeah, I definitely think that girls can be perpetrators to that sort of thing to guys, 100%, and I also think that, um, Something that's very common is internalized misogyny with when it comes to girls is they can also like sexually harass other girls by saying that they're like very slutty or very like hoish or they do all this stuff and they shouldn't, you know, or like um they kind of like say that sexuality is bad, like you shouldn't um you shouldn't like mess around with people because it's like not respectful to yourself. Like, there's lots of slut-shaming, and I think that that is a very big thing when it comes, like, to internalized misogyny, definitely. Do you think in an age that we're in now where there is such a desensitivity to um, vulnerability and communication, you know, we rely a lot on our tech and our social media as means of communication, and I think that it's a lost art to to be vulnerable and to have a one-on-one um, yeah. intimacy if you will do you think that in light of all those things first of all do you agree with that and secondly in light of all of that do you think that that promotes a level of promiscuity that is minus connection among your peers do you, do you know what I'm saying like do you think that people seek out yeah con- yeah yeah, I think that um, your thing about vulnerability within, like, human connection is a very good point because um, what happens a lot is 
people kind of live their life through their representation of themselves over social media, which is really sad because, like, people kind of seek out to be a certain thing so that they could show people, like, over their Instagram accounts or their Snapchat stories. And they want to be friends with certain people so they look cool, like, to other people, like, over social media. And they do all that. And um, I think that our generation is definitely lacking, like, just that feeling of being able to connect with someone on a certain level that people used to be able to. And I wish that I, like, knew what that was like a little bit more because I'm kind of just, like, growing up in this time where that is kind of foreign to us, at least since we were very little kids, like, still playing with, like, silly bands and, like, hopscotch and stuff, you know, in elementary school. And, yeah, and so I definitely, like... As much as I think that technology can bring people together, like, I've met some of my best friends over the internet, and, like, I've, like, I've met people who I would not have known of, like, over Instagram and stuff. Like, as much as I think that technology brings people together, I also think it, it kind of gives off a stigma that you have to be a certain way, and you have to present yourself a certain way. I also think that it does give off an, a certain idea of friendship that is very different from how it used to be. Does that make sense? Like, I think that, um, I think in the older days, like, people used to be able to just, like, kind of go up to, like, people used to just, you know, like, call their friend and be like, hey, let's go hang out, whereas now it's kind of just, like, a texting conversation or your, you know, like, a Snapchat conversation, like, that's that, you know? Mm-hmm. As I said, like, people are kind of living their lives, like, through their devices. And they have to live up to a particular status quo in it within yeah. it. Talk about that for oh. a second. Um, the whole, like, status quo thing is just kind of, like, people go on Instagram and they see all these, like, all these other kids, like, doing all these really fun things, you know, like, presenting themselves a certain way. And so, as another teenager who's kind of, like, constantly comparing themselves to other people around them, they're like, okay, I need to do this, too. I need to be like this. This is what, this is, like, how I need to be successful within my, um, like, peers, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. this is... I mean, to be cool. And, then, yeah. and so they kind of go out of their way to make friendships with certain people. They go out of their way to, like, to look like a certain type of person just so they can kind of, like, they can look a certain way, you know, like, to other people. They can, like, be cool. They can be, like, interesting. They can be fun to be around. They can be, like, funny, you know? Even if that's not real life. That's that portrayal. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because I think it's not just kids, it's uh, parents. You know, you see from the very get-go, parents are constantly filming their children nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wonder what that does to a person's personality, if they feel like they are always on, you know? To the parent or the kid? To the kid. How the kid will grow up in an environment where they're always having to be funny or perform for their parents or be, you know, in that regard, you know? Um, So... In part, with my other question was, in light of the fact that there is an absence of vulnerability and connection and that, do you think kids become more sexually promiscuous in an effort to feel something, even if even in that interaction, it's not necessarily vulnerable or connective? Because you can have sex and not connect with someone. Yeah. We all know that that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I never thought about it like that. That's so interesting. I think that definitely, like, people are, like, as I know, like, um, 
it's a human want to like have intensity, you know, like it's just by nature, like people enjoy feeling things, you know? And like, as you said, with the lack of vulnerability, like, of course it, like, it makes complete sense of why people kind of go seeking just to have something like whether or not it's negative or positive, you know, like as long as they're getting something in general, like that will fill their void, I guess that they they're missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that that is probably like a very like a big influencer on why people act a certain way that they act. Are there yeah. are there students at your school that are aware that all the use of the the devices is maybe uh, creating this falseness? And are there people that are trying to not? Do they put down their phones? Do they try and be in the moment, or is it still something that maybe a couple generations from now will do? out of protest or rebellion in their own right. Yeah. I think that definitely, um, something, I think that like something a lot of kids do is they are like, okay, so you know how there's snap, do you know what Snapchat streak is? Yeah. Snapchat streak? Yeah. I know what Snapchat is, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, on Snapchat, um, they have this thing called a streak where when you Snapchat someone every single day, you get a number by their name, and it tracks every single day that you talk to them, and it's become kind of a thing that kids strive for with their friends. They're like, oh, I have a 30-day streak, like, and then sometimes kids are like, oh, I have a 230-day streak, you know, and it's like, Jesus, but sometimes it's like, that's like a thing that people can be proud of, and um, I've realized, like, like so many people do that and then um so there's still the kids that are still really really obsessed with like always having to be on it every single day every single minute you know and that's just like a receipt of that it's like showing that you literally talk to a person every single day you know like over a phone instead of just going and hanging out with them it is interesting yeah it's crazy and now um now like now I see some of my friends and they're like hey, like, let's not go on our phones for three days, you know? Or, like, let's delete Instagram and Snapchat and, like, Tumblr and all this stuff. Like, let's delete it. Let's see what it's like. And we do it for, like, weeks. Like, we, I've done it for, like, a week before um, where I've, like, deleted Snapchat. I've, like, um, it's stuff like, like, it's really interesting because you kind of, like, you feel, like, you're experiencing things more, you know, like in your like day-to-day life, but at the same time, you're kind of like, am I missing out on something? Because every single person around you is like, um, if you're at school, like every single person around you is like on Snapchat all the time or on Instagram all the time. During class they do this? Yes, definitely. Like kids are always on their phones in class. Even if teachers don't make them put their phones down? No, they do, but I mean, kids still find a way around it. Well, you know, they've proven that that the phones, they're getting an actual chemical boost every time they get likes or get noticed, you know, or their stories are shared. And so these phones have rewired how we seek approval and and what turns us on, you know. That brings up a really good point because um, I was just watching an episode of this show called Black Mirror a few days ago where show. it's a really good show, yeah. And it was season three, like episode four or something like that. And um, this woman, she it was like, it was about this whole kind of like um, future topia thing. I don't know what that's called, but um, just, 
Yeah, dystopia girl. Yeah, and um, <laughs> although I think in the show they they try and make the dystopia seem like it's supposed to be a, a an oasis of wonder, and they show that it's actually not. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, Black Mirror did a really good job with it because they kind of the story about this girl, this young woman who um, lives in this world where you your brain is kind of wired where you look at someone and you can see their rating out of like five stars mm-hmm. and um society is kind of built off of your rating um based off like on your social media accounts you know it's and the it's episode like, with dallas howard right the redhead yeah no uh, it's the very first episode of season three and it's exceptional yeah and it's um yeah yeah that's it i think yeah and so she's like she's going around and she's like um you every time you have an interaction with someone you give them a rating Mm -hmm. and this kind of makes it so that you always have to be super like hi like how are you you know like all this super fake stuff because no one can be vulnerable because you will drop down on your rating and you won't be able to buy the house that you want or you won't be able to get this job or you won't be allowed to go to this party or this wedding and all that yeah it's really well done that show does such a great job with commentary on our technology versus humanity's story yeah exactly and it's kind of like it brings up the idea like what if our like what if that is our future you know like that is so terrifying to think about because like humans aren't even really being humans anymore it's mainly just like you're talking to a like a rep you know you're talking to like um just a fake face of someone who they're just trying to like seek approval of everyone else that's why i find it so fascinating that people are weirded out by the idea of of artificial intelligent beings who are modeled after humans and can integrate in human society why they are so like oh my gosh that seems so horrible and i think how much different is that than what we're already living yeah many of our relationships are artificial intelligent driven because yeah through our phones or our instagrams or you know Mm-hmm. I think that when it comes to technology and stuff like that, um, you can really go two ways when it comes to making relationships with someone. You can, of course, meet someone off of, like, Facebook, or you can meet someone off of um, any social media, like Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that. You can, like, kind of learn about their existence, you know? Like, say they go to a different school or they work at a different job than you and you have, like, mutual friends who you never... You never really would have found out about them if you didn't, like, see them on your, like... I agree with that. That's a great way to make the world smaller. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it translates to real life, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if it translates to... That's the whole thing with the two ways. If it translates to real life and it kind of goes into the whole idea of, like, you hang out with this person now and you have, like, a genuine friendship, like, that can be very beneficial and very good for you, like, meeting new people and, like, learning new things about people. Mm -hmm. But then it can also go the other way where it's, like, just this person who you kind of get to know over a certain like messaging app and um it's kind of just like this whole thing where it's like you know all these people who you don't actually really know you know what do you think about um well you talk about meeting friends on facebook or or snapchat and the like people you didn't know what do you think about the catfishing schemes or like the human trafficking schemes and things like that is that something that you and your friends are aware of yeah um yeah definitely now that um 
Instagram got this new update where it shows, like, it says, like, three usernames and it says, like, plus 63 more, plus the more about um, the mutual, like, friends that you have over it. Like, if someone tried to follow me because I have, like, a private Instagram account, it would say, like, right below their name, it would say, this friend of yours follows them, for this friend of yours follows them, and then, like, 64 more of your friends follow them. And so, to me, that kind of says, like, okay, they're real, you know? Like, okay, they're a person who goes to, like, the school that it says in their bio or goes to, like, friends with these people. And so, that's kind of a way for you to know, like, okay, yeah, these people are real. And um, I think that Instagram did a really good job of that. It was very smart. And when it comes to catfishing, I've never, like, I've ran into a few accounts where it's obviously catfishing, but the thing is, because of how big social media is because everyone's talking about it all the time you can easily just like text your friend and be like do you know this person mm-hmm. and then, yeah and then you can like just decline their follow request or you can just block them in general you know if the person's like no that person seems really weird you shouldn't let them follow you and um for trafficking for like human trafficking sex trafficking all that I've never really heard any stories about people around me being um victims of that because people have been pretty smart about like who they get in contact with over um over the internet but it's definitely an issue like in other places it's definitely an issue like in um other cities even close to mine like oakland i've heard is one of the biggest like human sex being like um in like the like the nation you know like it's apparently really big i think it might be like second or maybe like first or third i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah we were learning about that a few weeks ago in my class so what is your big topic the thing that you are most that moves you the most as far as what's coming in your life what do you what's your pursuant cause I really like focusing on um, kind of just, like, psychology in general, but also mainly just, like, mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's an issue that people mention, but people don't actually really talk about, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's kind of a thing where it's, like, yeah, it happens, yeah, it sucks, and um, all that, but there isn't really much that people, like, want to do about it because it would change just, like, the whole build of society, you know? Because, um, of course, there's, like, bullying, of course, there's, like, drugs, and, of course, there's, like, um, so many things that, like, nurture a person into getting a mental illness or being, like, um, or, like, having issues. And so I think that it's really hard to find the root of the problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that at this point, people just need to be able to be more open about mental illness because it's so common, you know? It's, like, it's such a big thing, and I don't think that people really talk about it enough. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. And, um, of course, there's also, like, politics and stuff, but I'm not super... I'm, like, for a teenager, I guess I know, like, a bit, but as a person, I wouldn't say I'm, like, the most politically savvy. So, Mm -hmm. of course, I care about it, but they're, like... I'm, like, I'm in a youth and government program, and so there's stuff like that. So I'm, like, I'm learning, but there isn't really, like, stuff that I know, like, what to do about it. Like, you know, for when it comes to politics, because, like, I'm still a child, and I can, like, 
build my way up to that, but that's still like a work in progress. Although you know? I, I think that kids, most especially, because they are perhaps more open to reason mm-hmm. and to critical thinking, that um, that you are the voice of our future. And yeah. if, if nothing else, because you're the voice of the future, you standing up now and saying, hey, y'all are fucking shit up pretty bad. And I have to live in this place in the next, you know, 80 years, 100 years, yeah. and as do my children, my children's children. So your voice is truly an exceptional voice to get out there. And if, I mean, I encourage you to get your friends and to get out there and talk as loud as you can and, you know, learn as much as you can, but to certainly let your voice be known. Don't ever think that because you are not 18 yet that your voice doesn't matter. It does. It really, really does. Oh, thanks, Susan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, you are really right where it comes, like, we are the voice. I try, like, um, right now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, like, learn as much as I can, you know? And I'm definitely trying to, like, gain that, like, confidence almost just to be able to, like, go out into the world and be like, this sucks, this sucks, and this sucks, and this is what we need to do about it. But I don't really know, like what exactly we can do to fix it you know it's like not just super easy and but talking about it is the first step for sure exactly definitely I think that that's that's the that's the thing that I'm focusing on right now the most like learning and talking about it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that if a thousand kids showed up on the white house lawn and demanded to be heard about the environment or about the opioid crisis or about um human trafficking or you know, maybe 5,000 kids. Maybe it's a million under 18-year-old march or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. people will listen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hope that, like, um, I, I honestly sometimes, like, wish that I lived in Washington, D.C. area. It's like I've been there before, and every time you go, you're like, oh, I feel like if I do something, it'll make a difference, you yeah, know? You can do something where you are, I promise. It, it makes a difference every place you are, all over the world. Like Malala, the young girl who was shot in the face, who was standing up for the rights for females to get an education. You know, and she's a good example of a kid who said, I'm not putting up with this. I am going to speak my mind and I'm going to change the world. Yeah, definitely. Don't give up hope for that. And it only, it, you just start. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're so right. You're definitely right. Yeah. Well, it's so inspirational. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) We all need inspiration. Question? Pardon? Do you have any further questions? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that you'd like to to cover at all that that we might not have. Can't really think about it now, but I'd love to talk to you another time. Yeah, great. Sure. And if you want to get together some of your friends, maybe we could do like a group thing where... Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. Yeah, that's super cool. Okay, all right. Estella, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for talking to me and having me on your podcast. Absolutely. And if you want to send me some uh, links to things that you want people to know about, I'll post them on heyhumanpodcast.com and get that stuff out there. And keep fighting the good fight. Keep learning. Keep being curious. I I will. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too, bye. Thank you, bye.